0: then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor podcast, the show dedicated to the private investor, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. We want to show you how to cross the divide from residential investing over to commercial property investing through interviews tips and lessons learned we share experiences of investing and give you the inspiration knowledge and confidence to enjoy this great cash flowing strategy so let's get started Welcome back. and Thank you for joining me on the CPI podcast. Believe it or not, today's show marks our three year anniversary of the launch of the CPI podcast. This episode will be going out on the 9th of March, which will be the anniversary of the first ever scary just do it episode, which went out on the 10th of March 2020. Wow. How has the world changed since then? My world and yours too, I'm sure. This is episode 171. And some of you smart cookies will be thinking the maths doesn't quite work for three years, Jerry. That should be 156. Well, we have squeezed in the odd extra one every now and then. But the thing I've been really proud of is every single week we've managed to get an episode out. And I have to thank the team for that because I don't always get them to them in a timely fashion and they have to turn them around really quickly. Sometimes we get ahead and we have a few shows recorded and other times I am maybe just doing it by the CMI of my pants. But nevertheless, we've managed to get an episode out every week and every now and then sneaked in one of those little extra ones. And I'd love to do more of that, but I haven't just been able to create the time yet, as much as I've wanted to anyway, to get those extra little episodes out. But I'm going to work on that from here. And I hope you've enjoyed many of the previous episodes and I don't expect you to have heard all of them albeit I have met one or two people who have, and they know me more than I know myself. It's slightly like an out-of-body experience when you meet someone you haven't met before, who knows you, and can remember sections of episodes I can hardly remember doing. So whether you're a CPI podcast fiend, an occasional listener, or this is your very first one, thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for your feedback and for your continual support. It means a lot. I love doing the podcast and every episode we put together, I learn new stuff about commercial property, of course, about other investors, about myself and about our business. So as a celebration, we're going to be giving away three partnership tickets for our next full members day to some lucky listeners. Yes, you could attend the whole day for free. That is all I'm going to say right now. There'll be more on that later on in the show. Okay, let's get into Today's discussion. There have been a number of super guest interviews over the last few weeks, which I really have enjoyed, but there's one topic I want to talk to you about myself because a few of our consultancy clients have been struggling with their contractors and the members of their power team. And they're asking me this question, or in different ways, but effectively the same question, which is why are my contractors and other members of my power team struggling? Why are they not getting back to me? Why don't they know? that tip you gave me last time we spoke. So they've maybe gone and spoken to a professional about um, fire control or something or layout and and they've not quite corresponded with the same answer. And they're like, well, why is that? And why don't they understand layout design quite as much as I thought they did? Or, or why are they suddenly so flipping expensive? So these are just pains, right? When contractors or professionals, and I'm going to kind of go between the two here, on this episode, but where those people in your power team are maybe just not quite firing in all cylinders. And it's not necessarily because they're um, becoming poor at what they do, it's just, I think it's a different issue. I think it always comes back to the same thing, right? I think you are moving on and growing, and they're starting to be pulled into things that might be slightly out of their depth. Outside of their comfort zone, should I say, maybe more politely, or outside of their expertise. Because if you've been coming at this as I did from residential, you'll have created this team that support you. And okay, it can be fractious sometimes, but basically you can get a house done, refurb, whatever it is, get it, let, move on to the next one. And you can use the same team. But now you're starting to grow into a different area that might start affecting the types of contractors and professionals you're dealing with. And I was thinking about this earlier. How many contractors or professionals do we still deal with from our residential days? Now, admittedly, they are a long time ago, but the answer is none. And even when we had just one or two locations, commercial that is, I, I think all of that team has changed. The only one I think we still work with is a lawyer. So when we first bought our, that first commercial, we brought on a new lawyer and they're still with us. And they've been really supportive and fantastic. And we have brought in other lawyers for other elements of the business and businesses. But effectively, those guys that helped us do the acquisition are still with us. But everybody else has changed. The carpet fitters, the electricians, the plumbers, the architects, everybody. Now, have I fallen out with them all? I don't think so. Um, I'm sure some of them might think we have, but we haven't. It's just that we've grown. And if you think about it, in life, it happens all the time. If you're building something in your life and others don't come with you, you can drift apart. I mean, think about it. um, Relationships, maybe family or, or partners. How many thought you were silly to start this property thing in the first place, particularly in the residential? And maybe now they're thinking, hmm this commercial stuff i don't think you should be doing that i mean at least at the start so it can be a bit fractious there as well can't it where those relationships if you don't bring someone with you and they stay in the same kind of uh, context and yours starts changing it can it can lead to um, some challenges and it's the same for for marketing um, might be somebody that's helped you with marketing it's got to a certain stage but now you need to change And what has got you to where you are won't necessarily get you to where you want to go. I found the same with accountants. During our residential period, we had an accountant who was probably more of a bookkeeper. Um, they, They helped us through some stuff, but also they made some mistakes. We then changed them for a new accountant and that accountant's helped us through our commercial life. So... You know, these things change, don't they? And actually, when I think about it, that accountant is still with us. So that was another one, our lawyer and our accountant are still with us. But I'm sure at some point, things may change. And builders and trades, as I mentioned earlier, they've definitely all changed. And the team that got you to where you are, as I say, might not be the team to help you scale to the next level. So this is not saying you should be above anyone or I should be above anyone else, but it's just to recognise that every market has different levels of skills and professionalism, depending on where you are. And a domestic contractor can do family units, fit out repetitive spaces or projects, as we said, if you're doing up and refurbing projects, but put them in a new environment or with different compliance issues, and most do struggle. Another simplistic thing would be a gas engineer who does domestic might not be qualified, might not have a commercial ticket to be able to do commercial gas. So there's actually a a barrier there to entry for some. So it does mean you may have to change up your team. And another big factor in all this decision-making is price. There's different levels to this, okay, both from a contractor's point of view and you as a customer. So contractors, I believe, price things based on a number of factors, including availability of work, this is particularly domestic contractors availability of work consistency of work and where they actually are in that pricing cycle right now smaller contractors i found but particularly with other businesses when we supply smaller contractors that they tend to price lots of work then they get uber busy because some of those projects come to fruition And then they kind of lay off a little bit of the pricing because they've not got a big team and the person who does the pricing has to manage projects generally. They may not be on the tools, but they're managing the projects. They get uber busy and then it kind of quietens off because the marketing hasn't been getting done. So then they price loads of work, get some marketing going, get the wheels going again. They get uber busy and they don't price so much and then the cycle goes on, right? And I think that's a lot of small contractors... Um, that's the cycle they go through. So depending on where you approach them in that cycle, they may not be pricing work, they may not be interested, or they may just price it really high. So you have to remember, it's not always about you, it just might be the situation that the contractor's on. Now, on our side, as the customer, here's the big question. As your business gets bigger, so does the potential downside or risk. Basically, you have more to lose. Your business has got bigger, you've got more assets. Now, I'm not saying don't be sensible from the start, of course, but the more you grow and the bigger the projects, the more consideration you and your contractors will need to give to compliance, health and safety, method statements, insurance, risk assessments, and all that comes of running construction sites or operating business space. And all of these things feed into price. Because sometimes the smaller contractors doing um, a quick spot of guttering around the house you've just done up may charge a completely different price Then the chap who's coming on or the contractor is going to send somebody to site with a um, cherry tree, cherry tree, cherry picker, (laughs) cherry tree, a cherry picker to clean out gutters. It might be a completely different price. Um, There's just more to it. So anyway, let me ask you this. Do you pat test everything right now? Pat test is when you test the electrical appliances annually to make sure that there isn't any faults in them. If you don't, when do you think you might need to? Um, Do you ask every contractor that comes to your sites and if you're doing houses right now, domestic, every contractor comes to site, do you actually ask to see their insurance certificate to make sure that it's valid and it covers the right amount of indemnity that you need? What about their method statements and risk assessments? Do you ask for that? Now, if you're doing up a two bedroom house, you know, do you need to ask for a method statement or risk assessment? Actually, yes, you do. I'm afraid, but then of course you might want to balance that up with the risk. But, you know, do you provide proper welfare facilities? There, there are quite a lot of things you need to think about. And when doing up a one or two bedroom flat with the odd contractor, these might not be things you think about. And some of you will be answering, of course we do all of that. Phew, of course we do, Jerry. But others who are coming from those single house refurbs may not have thought about it yet. So my question is, if you're going to scale your business, when are you going to take all of these things seriously? So in your mind, you may have these things there and you think, "Well, yeah, I need to do it. I know I need to cover it. Yeah, yeah, I will start doing that." But when? Because if you want to build a big property business, if that's what you're committed to, then you're going to need to do these things. So why not begin now? And that, my friends is when you'll find that some of your current contractors will deselect themselves because they can't be bothered with that level of detail. And now the balance of price changes. So, brace yourself. <laughs> brace, brace, you may have to begin to pay more in general for contractors and for some professionals. Now, the professionals are slightly different, of course, particularly if you're talking about architects, Um quantity surveyors or perhaps um individuals that are working on building control or engineers they all need professional qualifications to be able to offer you advice whether it's domestic or on commercial but there is things about that scale that change there are some elements there where the type of contractor or sorry type of professional outfit that's dealing with those larger projects may not necessarily be dealing with the smaller ones but anyway back to contracts themselves. And I have to interject here, by the way, that I have had a contracting business myself with a partner. We got to around a million pound turnover. It wasn't a huge business, but a lot of that turnover was on smaller projects and lots of customers. And it was mainly domestic with some commercial. And we were trying to move more into commercial work, but it was challenging. And I can really sympathize with contractors. It's difficult to keep up with all that paperwork and all that extra stuff that you have to do. But it does become more and more important because... What if something goes wrong? Now, we don't want anything to go wrong, do we? So you just have to think, when am I going to start doing that? Now, if you are starting to do that and you're taking on some of those larger projects and then you're asking these contractors to price them based on what the engineers and the architects are telling you that you need, some of those contractors just may not either A know how to price it b they may not have done it before or c they just might not be interested because that's just not the type of work they're after but there are other contractors out there that that's specifically what they're set up for and that's when you might need to start making those changes so for me there's really three reasons contractors need to be changed out as you scale right so the first one is they don't have the capacity or compulsion to take on jobs more professionally at least as more professional you need them to become so that's the first thing the second is that they may not actually have the skills to carry out commercial work like the gas engineer was talking about and this is the same reason that some of your professional team may need to change they might not have earned the skills or the experience for instance to do multi let office fit out or to Divide up an industrial space because they haven't actually done it before and there are little things in there and I mentioned this in a podcast recently. If you're going to look at running spaces with multiple clients or indeed with one client, you need to think about operationally how is that space going to work. And sometimes complying with where toilets should be and how many there should be and everything else is important, but actually where they are is equally as important. And sometimes that isn't brought through in your in your professional team and you need to have a wee bit of a, a think about whether they have got that experience or whether you need to bring it in from somewhere else. Because once everybody leaves and the project's finished, you're the one left standing there with the project. So it's got to work for you and for your customers that you're going to be hopefully servicing for many years to come. And the worst thing is, I don't want you to build a, a building or fit out a property. And then you end up with having to make loads of changes because as you... Develop that space out, bring in new customers. You start getting feedback and you realise, you know what, that wall's in the wrong place. Plumbing's in the wrong place. I should have done this with that space. And gee whiz, I could let out that office. Why did I give our um, team such a big office? Actually, they only needed a small office because we're not there all the time or whatever it is. Operationally, you need to make sure somebody's got that experience. Anyway, back to the contractors thing. So thirdly, pricing. Some domestic contractors will actually price themselves out of work it's worth mentioning again that the way domestic contractors price work may take them or make them sorry too expensive for those longer term commercial contracts you see as they're pricing they tend to price or some of them will tend to price at a higher hourly rate to compensate for a few things to compensate for downtimes when they don't have work to compensate for when somebody has to go out and price a small job come away and they don't win it and they Or even if they do win it, they realise that actually I've spent more time pricing this thing than I'm actually going to earn on it. So there's elements of inefficiency that domestic contractors need to price in. So what they tend to do is they have a higher hourly rate. Certainly if they're successful contractors, they'll have a higher hourly rate for doing things to compensate for all of that. Now on the flip side, the commercial contractor has more compliance to do, or at least is taking compliance more seriously but they tend to have longer-term consistent contract work, which means they can be more competitive. So I'm just talking from experience here, but I've found domestic contractors that we've worked with before, when I bring them into a commercial environment, they are still pricing at those domestic rates. And, and when you go from doing like a two-hour or a two-day project coming in blitzing getting it done maybe being a little bit helpful with some follow-on trades and everything else and then leaving that price is acceptable within those that sort of time frame but when they come on a contract for two three four weeks or even months and they're still pricing at that hourly rate that's when your bills can get really expensive So it's another reason why you might need to start considering going for a commercial contractor. Now, some commercial contractors give you the heebie-jeebies and you think they're just going to add another zero into everything. And some of them will, (laughs) right? It's not a perfect science, I'm afraid. But the reason this whole podcast is about that situation where contractors are not performing, professionals are not coming back, they're not quite as clear as they used to be, it's just because maybe it's time for you to move on to the next one because you're growing and you're not leaving them they're still where they were they're doing their thing in that that's that stack within that context but now you've moved on so as i say all pricing for contractors is really dependent on the circumstances you just need to bear that in mind so if you've hit them on the right part of the cycle and they're pricing they haven't got a lot of work then you might get a good price if you hit them when they're really busy they might not even respond we've all experienced that in the last two or three years haven't we because it's become really difficult So there's a lot of factors pushing there but I genuinely believe as you grow and scale you will need to think about changing out your team because some of them just don't have that expertise. So don't get frustrated just ask yourself are you now asking for new and different things than you were? Perhaps it's time to stop getting upset and recognise that you're the problem. I mean that kindly. You're growing and moving on. It's okay and they're not. So back to our third year anniversary. Well to join us on our full CPI Network Members Day, which includes lots of opportunities to network with other commercial investors, residential investors are there too who want to scale, professionals, including some of the podcast sponsors and businesses we use, going back to the professionals and things that we were talking about earlier on, some of the organisations that we use to support our business, plus topics and presentations on deals, finance, tips on getting started commercial, all that lovely stuff. It's a chance to get in the swim and learn more about this great sector. So here's all you need to do for a chance to join us on that. We just want you, I would like you, if you could please, give us a written review on iTunes and the podcast. And share the podcast or something about the podcast on Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn. Not all of them, just pick one of them. We'll put your name in a draw for three tickets. And by the way, the day is priced at 250 quid for non-members, so that's £500 for a couple. And we're basically giving away three couple tickets, if that makes sense. So the draw will take place a few days prior to the actual event, which is happening on the 27th of this month. So you don't have long. Just let us know when you've written a review or shared the podcast on a post and we'll pop your name in the draw. Now, we're going to pull that out near the time. So the 27th is a Monday. We'll probably do it on the previous Wednesday, sometime around about then. So if you listen to this after that date, sorry, you missed it. If you listen to it before, when you finish, when I finish this, just jump on iTunes, give us a review. It'll be really helpful. And, you know, every single time somebody puts a review out there, it really helps with our listenership and our ability to draw in guests because they do ask, you know, how's the show performing? And they can see there are ways of looking at how podcasts are performing. And one of the matrix is reviews. So if you could help us with that, we'd be eternally grateful. So go on, help us celebrate three years of podcasting and all that activity will bring in some extra visibility for all of us so we can bring in more commercial property superstars. It'll only take a few minutes and you could be joining us in the swim at the end of this month. So all the best and thank you, each and every one of you for tuning in. I hope you're enjoying the content delivered on the CPI podcast. Even though it's free to listen to, it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode. Did you know that by leaving a positive written review, you, yes, you will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast. And that's really important because by reaching a wider audience, it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week. For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be a first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast, and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews, and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes, and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.